Hello, everybody. It's April with the Everything Considered podcast. I have a very special friend here today. Her name is Tara Tremlett. Tara, welcome to the show. Uh, you have quite an extensive background, um, but what we're going to be discussing today is what it is to be a death doula, because that's that's what you do. You provide services uh, for people that are dying and their families. And I think about this a lot uh, in terms of we everybody knows about having a doula for birth. I mean, of course, that's that's not that old either, uh, but it's now commonly known that people have uh, doulas for birth. But I think it's a wonderful thing uh, to have a doula for that dying process. What is it that a death doula does? A death doula provides services that are aimed to take the stress away from the family and that dying person um, yeah. so they can better spend time together um, mm. with peacefulness and, and getting closure. That is beautiful. That is such a beautiful thing. So uh, I imagine this takes on different forms. I guess that because everybody's exit is kind of unique to them. Is that, am I right about that? Yes, just as in the entrance. Um, yes. There's a lot of different varieties or a lot of different factors that um, come into play. Um, how long they have um, after being diagnosed um, and the people surrounding them, what have they have already completed? Um, as far as um, all the, the paperwork and the, the business part. The planning. Um, the planning. Mm -hmm. I imagine this can be quite a stressful time for people, um, not only for the person that is, you know, preparing to exit, but also the families. So I imagine that the duties of a death doula could be quite extensive. Can you uh, mention some of the things that they might do that we maybe wouldn't think about? Um. One of them is my favorite is a legacy project. And um, for the, what that means and, and for what I do is is asking those questions of, you know, what is your favorite memories or mm. what are your, you know, or even regrets, you know, what would you do differently if given the chance uh, to do it all over again? Um, having it recorded, you know, their answers recorded if they like to, you know, whether it's video or audio um having that to be given to the family um there's um also advanced directives which can be done at any point during your life and, and i encourage it to be done um whether you're diagnosed with something or not because accidents happen and it really speaks for you so um, what what is an advanced directive I'm, for those that are unclear with with what that is an advanced directive is a document um that speaks for you when you can't speak for yourself. There's one for mental health. Um, so if, um, and there's one for physical health. So if you're in an accident or um, sometimes people are diagnosed and, and it's a matter of, you know, a week or two before they're unable to speak for themselves. Mm. Um, it explains, you know, what do you want done as far as, um, do you want to be kept on medications to, to keep you alive? Do you want to have, um, what what do you want done with your body after right. um or even you know while during the process of dying do you want music played do you want massage mm. do you want reiki um, sound healing there's there's so many different things to think about um as far as 
making sure that everything is taken care of for you and somebody can advocate for you. On the advanced directive as well, there's a, um, you appoint somebody that you trust to make those decisions for you or carry out your wishes. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't have to think about those anymore. Oh, that's really beautiful. I imagine it takes a lot of pressure off and um, makes the whole situation as difficult as it can be a much more peaceful experience, not just for the person, but also the family. That's a really beautiful thing to do. And you Reiki, so you can help, you can help the dying individual and family members with Reiki. Can you tell me a little bit about that? I've been practicing Reiki for um, 12, 12 years now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a Reiki master. Um, the best way I can describe it is I use Reiki to actually induce hypnosis because it puts a person into a relaxed state pretty quickly within a couple of minutes. Um, and that can be to help them find a peaceful place um, through um, hypnotherapy techniques. Mm -hmm. um, and it can also um, just take away that anxiety, take mm -hmm. away the stress. And I can practice on the family or I can practice on the dying person. Mm. Um, it, it really just puts you in a place of ease, mm. uh, feeling of ease and feeling it at peace. Mm. Um, and calmness. That's really beautiful. Um, and you also uh, want us, we don't want to talk a little bit about, well, what is pranic healing before we go further? What is pranic what healing is a technique used. Um, it's, it's more specific than Reiki. It can have, it'll have the same effects as far as healing, um, balancing chakras, cleaning chakras, um, and there's actually a protocol within pranic healing that can be used to help a spirit leave the body with more mm -hmm. ease because oh, wow. sometimes sometimes we just maybe out of fear or maybe just blocks things that we're not letting go of mm -hmm. um it's hard to leave the body now of course we don't do that consciously but on a spiritual level um to be able to leave the body um, this pranic healing technique will it clears the pathway, so to speak. It clears the pathway and um, kind of like, you know, opening opening that floodgate and allowing mm -hmm. the spirit to leave. Wow, this is really incredible. I, I really hope that more um, residential facilities and hospitals and hospices start to utilize this. I think it would be a great service. Uh, so, We'll go there with elder. You also do elder care and, re and respite for caregivers? Yeah, I um, was a hospice volunteer. I moved here recently from Washington State. Uh, my journey began um, being interested in this field um, back in 08 when my dad passed away from brain cancer. Mm. Uh, it was the first time I ever heard of hospice. Mm -hmm. And I want to go back to the question. Can I ask the question again? Yes, yes. So, <laughs> sorry. so you you offer elder care and respite, and so, but really, the inspiration was for that was your journey with um, prior with with your father's passing away. So that, but yeah, yeah. and you have a special had, heart for the elderly. I had at that point became a volunteer for hospice. Oh, and, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, for a couple of years. This was um, back in Washington. 
Um, and because of hospice, that's when I learned Reiki. And then further down the road, um, working in mental health facilities. Um, I, for a while, I worked in a residential facility mm -hmm. and um, with elderly. Um, a few years ago, I became my mom's best friend's caregiver. Um, mm. It was meant to actually, I, I was going to move in for a few months. Um, she was going to help me, you know, just kind of get back on my feet after the death of my boyfriend. And I needed financially, I needed to, to just kind of have somewhere to be for a few months. Mm -hmm. uh, within that few months, she found out that she was, uh, her kidneys were beginning to fail. She was 60 years of diabetes, oh, uh, type 1 diabetes. So she was a miracle in itself for being yes. 72 and not having any major health issues. Absolutely. Um, but her kidneys started failing. So mm -hmm. I stayed with her um, for the couple of years through dialysis. And I learned the art of elder care. She was very independent. Um, there wasn't really a whole lot of body work um, with her, but I often would kind of, she was very independent. So I would kind of just pretend I was busy, you know, in the kitchen, but watching her walk down the hall and make sure she didn't fall. You know, I was kind mm -hmm. of her assistant. I helped with, you know, I cooked for her. Um, I took her to her doctor's appointments when she wasn't able to drive anymore mm. and um, ran errands with her and um, we, um, we became, she became my best friend. She was my mom's best friend and, and I, we shared her. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Um, what a beautiful and story. We stayed together until she decided to, um, end dialysis. And of course that was just a couple of weeks. It was the morning of 2020 and uh, January 1st, 2020 that she passed oh, away. My goodness. And that was my um, first experience of taking care of um, just as passing. She was just passing when I came downstairs and found her and uh, held her hands. And um, I knew what her wishes were. She hadn't, she was supposed to sign a DNR that day, a do not resuscitate, um, but I knew her wishes and, and um, I was able to communicate that and, and get the ambulance, um, the paramedics to understand what her wishes are. Of course, having to call the family yeah. and taking things from there, helping the family best I could with um, organizing the house and, and trying to get rid of, you know, items, donating or figuring out what to do with items. And, um, and then talking at the funeral, it was, it was something that I felt honored. I, was, mm. I felt very honored to be her caregiver. Wow. Yeah, that's a, it's almost like life kind of just initiated you into this and uh, yeah. started you down this road. You know, and I think that's when people talk about purpose, I, I almost don't think that we necessarily need to define that, that life just kind of brings those things to us and we find ourselves walking on that path. And what a beautiful path. Uh, this isn't for everybody. Not everybody could hold that kind of space. And uh, I really commend you. Uh, you know, for being an individual that can be so loving and um, be so willing to uh, really be flexible and uh, honor uh, a person's dying wishes and the way that they would, they and their families envision uh, this transition, you know, because it's just another birth. Really, it's just a birth out, you know, we come in and we go out, right? So yeah, it's yeah. really beautiful. So uh, elder care, talk to me about that. So, so that's something else that uh, you are doing. 
Uh, and that's just being with, you know, doing the basically the same thing that you did for her, but you, you have this way of allowing them their independence whilst making sure their needs are met. So, and to me, that's so respectful. I mean, we have such a tendency to either go towards overhelping or not helping at all. Uh, but you must be a very discerning individual to be able to uh, really pay close attention to where a person is in, in terms of their independence. Am I right? I had make um, I had a conversation with her name is Andrea, um, lady I took care of, um, and I, and the couple ladies that I've taken care of since. Um, the first thing I say is I'm going to let you. It's important that you keep doing everything that you can do because the more you do, the longer you're able going to be able to do this. But mm. if you need help, I'm right here. I'm your assistant. Um, if you, you know if you need to something you know out of a cupboard you know or you know if you if you're not wanting help you know let me know i'm i'm standby it's, yeah. it's important to keep independence as long as possible yes it, it affords them their dignity and agency which i think are very two important parts about being human you know to be able to have the choice about how it is we live even when we're we're preparing to die you know and that and it takes a very special person to really advocate for that and to be there to hold that space for them. So I, I think it's amazing that you're doing this. You also have a, a, a bachelor's in psychology and interdisciplinary studies, uh, sociology, uh, philosophy, hypnotherapy certified. So you bring a lot to the table. You're not just like willy nilly. I hear I'm a death doula. You, you really have a background in working with people, correct? Yes, and it, it started actually um, also the reason I had became a volunteer for hospice is um, after my dad passed, I started re reading the Sylvia Brown books mm -hmm. that I had had for a long time, but I had never read them. And reading them, um, it was like reading about my own beliefs mm -hmm. um, about life and death. Mm -hmm. and there was one book that talks about how we all have jobs in heaven and it's not the same as jobs here where we're like, Oh, you know, get up right. in the morning. <laughs> oh, oh, out of this again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's full of joy and it's full of service um, from the heart. And while I was reading it, I asked spirit the question, what's my job? What, mm. what, what do I do over there? Mm -hmm. And I had this flash of a vision of me being the spirit that helps when people cross over and mm -hmm. to the other side and they're disorientated, which often happens. I'm the spirit that helps them get orientated, let them know mm -hmm. what just happened, help them find peace and comfort. And it took me by surprise because <laughs> I never heard of that before. Mm -hmm. But the next thought was, that's what I'm supposed to do in my life here mm. is be that person to help somebody become orientated to, you know, what's going to happen before they die. You know, of course yeah. I would only share my beliefs if uh, that person asks me, um, yeah. but always within respect to the religion, uh, right. we all have our beliefs and, um, but just to be just even just to hold space um, mm -hmm. to provide the reiki to 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 soothe them 
from the anxieties of, you know, what's going to happen after this life? Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything after this life of, of those questions and those fears? Yes. Yes. That's beautiful. So you, you're just, you're not, not, there's no judgment. It's just very accepting of wherever person finds themselves and you don't try to insert what you believe personally, but what you believe personally really frames uh, the reasons for what you do, uh, which mm -hmm. is you feel very called um, to be of assistance, which I think it doesn't matter what religion you are. That's a beautiful offering to the world. And, um, when I had that message, that's when I, of course, volunteer for hospice. And that's when I learned about Reiki. And I went on this huge journey between, because I had planned on working for hospice. Um, that's when I started college. I actually started college to be a nurse, mm -hmm. but I fell in love with psychology and I just kept mm -hmm. following. I didn't know what I was going to do with that. And then I worked here and then I learned hypnotherapy after the death of my husband. Mm -hmm. um, I learned about um, spirit talk um, using pendulum. And with every trauma, I learned some more skills on how to help somebody um, overcome grief or overcome whatever life throws at you. Yeah. But I couldn't narrow down. I, somewhere along the way, I kind of forgot my mission. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out. I had all these different certifications. And where was I going with it? I, right. So... Last year, I left everything that was comfortable to me. I left my job. I left the state that I lived in for 38 years because mm. I needed to get out of my comfort zone and remember what it was that I came here for. Mm. And so I moved all the way out here to Georgia from Washington State. And within a few months, probably about six months, I, I, I met um, Donna at the House of Light and you. And um, which, learning about my human design and gene keys, mm. all of that just brought it all together. And Donna said to me one day, she said, have you ever thought about being a death doula? And I said, I've never even heard of that before. Wow. <laughs> so I researched it and I, I looked at all the things. There's so many different things that a death doula does or mm. can offer. And I looked at that list and I thought, these have all come up at some point in the last, was it 14 years since right. hospice? Mm -hmm. And that's when I remembered what I had experienced reading one of Sylvia Brown's books is mm -hmm. this is what I was, this is what I came here for. This is my self-actualizing. And mm. I love that feeling. And on top of that, it's, it's something that um, I, I'm going to be helping a lot of people find peace at a time that is scary yeah yeah it certainly can be and you you've had these experiences you were already doing it it just kind of all naturally unfolded and i'm so happy for you that it has Thank uh, you. i think it's just really really beautiful and so you're at the house of light and you also uh, have an offering every other thursday called death talk can you talk to us a little mm -hmm. bit about that um, twice a month, um, I'm facilitating a group. It's a safe place for people to come talk about death. Mm -hmm. um, the first, the first Thursday, the first group will be about everything before death. So the caregiving, the process, advanced directives, um, as well as 
people's experiences in mm -hmm. um, care, caretaking for somebody or the grief that happens before somebody passes away. Mm -hmm. when, when you're given that notice, there's that um, pre-death grief <laughs> mm -hmm. that is um, important to talk through and it's right. important to experience. Mm -hmm. And it's a part of the healing process. The second Thursday of the month, um, in fact, um, this Thursday, mm -hmm. um, will be about everything after death. So um, talking to spirit, you know, talking about the death itself, mm -hmm. um, talking about any signs that we feel has been given from that um, person um, mm -hmm. to help with uh, healing mm -hmm. and just to have an open conversation, a safe place to talk about a subject that people are afraid to talk about usually right it can be very isolating when you have um, a loved one that's in the process of transitioning and you know you don't you don't want to I don't for lack of a better word bum people out by talking about it but you really need to and uh, it's it's really important to have people around you that understand what you're going through and then once you've lost that person again you know you're left with this kind of you feel like you're on an island, you know, and not because it's not happening to other people. We just live in a culture that puts uh, death behind, you know, pretty fences where you can't see it. I know it's not like that so much here in the South, but I'm from Southern California. And a lot of our cemeteries are behind these big brick walls and you would drive by it all day long and not even know that there's a cemetery there. So it seems in our culture and Western culture in particular, there's this separation uh, between life and death when really they're kind of the same continuum in uh, other cultures uh, that we would probably judge as being uh, more primal than us, I think are actually more advanced because they do have an understanding of uh, the importance of, of making peace with uh, death being a part of life and I feel like as what with what you're doing you're actually assisting uh, in our culture to bring about that change where it's not going to going to be something that's quite as traumatizing to people it's never easy you know it's never easy losing someone close to you it's never easy knowing that you're going to pass away uh, but I don't think it has to be such a shock uh, when we are more familiar and comfortable with the process and that everybody has a point at which that, you know, that they're going to pass away. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You said that perfectly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like the last three years have been a real example of just the overwhelming fear uh, that that accompanies the idea that we are mortal um you know but yeah. they're they really i would say there's nothing to be feared but i don't want to discount people's emotions uh i would just say that it's natural to be fearful but it's a lot easier when you have someone like yourself uh, that's familiar with the process and there to you know make it a much more peaceful experience the feeling of um the feeling of it being graduation if yeah if being able to look at life as if it is the toughest college in the universe Ooh, you got that right earth university <laughs> yes 
and gene keys is the syllabus right oh boy that's the truth <laughs> right yeah you know then death becomes graduation and yeah. um to be celebrating that person um mm -hmm. in fact there's there's also there's living funerals some people choose to have where they can experience their own funeral before they pass away really um, to celebrate their life mm -hmm. oh wow to celebrate their life and and i believe that takes some um that heals a lot of grief and takes a lot of fear I feel that you know that that person needs closure to their life as well yeah um, i believe that they can hear it and experience it after death in my beliefs sure um but you know it, it would mean a lot more if that person so chooses to be present and so people can talk to them directly about their you know their loving memories of that person oh that's yeah. a beautiful idea yeah. I really think that's beautiful. I think too, like having like a living funeral where you reveal your life that, you know, the mind has such a negative bias and um, yeah. it's when you look back, yes, bad things happened, but there were lots of good things too. So what a beautiful thing to, to do. I think that's a great idea. There's a life review process as well. And I believe that's where my other certifications will come in. Okay. Um, and it's, it's all about um, looking back at life, you know, not just at mistakes and regrets, but, you know, everything positive. You can use hypnotherapy to remember, regress into memories that um, brought joy and um, celebration. Um, and mm -hmm. if the person so chooses, you know, if, if there's something that they feel they need to overcome, Mm -hmm. um, there's forgiveness techniques, you know, for, for other people as well as themselves mm. um, to help with that life review process. So they can kind of close that door of that experience. If they, if it's something that, um, they feel is going to hold them back mm -hmm. wow. from having a peaceful end of their life. I had no idea there was so much to this. I think that's golly, that's really something It beats the heck out of just like, <laughs> You know, going to be like it being just something that you just don't even think about and boom, one day it happens. But I do think this yeah. is probably very similarly similar to how a lot of the indigenous cultures handle death or handled it, you know, and uh, I hope we kind of we advanced to be like them. <laughs> so. Oh, me too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would love to be able to talk about um, death, you know, openly and, and that worry about traumatizing somebody just just with the word yes. death. and yes. it would be uh it, it to be looked at as you know as graduation as you know a, they've made it they've made it through their lessons and their their courses and yeah it's a beautiful thing and of course we're going to miss them yes um, absolutely it's it is difficult to let go and it's it is very important to go through the the um the cycles of grief right and um it's it's i don't want to paint a picture of you know oh okay well, bye right <laughs> you know, it's not gonna be that easy but it's bye, gonna be right. yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not no no it's really not you know yeah. it, it does need to be be held with some reverence and honor and it is it's a very special time and it's really important for that person to to uh leave 
feeling honored and feeling like they've not all they've honored themselves but also their loved ones and the way that they choose to to exit so it'd be a very beautiful very beautiful you have an incredible background and I feel like it's all just kind of like led up to this moment and uh I think that's the way we're supposed to live life you know you when you're growing up it's like well what are you going to be when you grow up and it's I don't think any of us know I think I think the way to do it is just start walking and see where life leads you let life live you right you know so best made plans right we have plans but you know yeah I mean I wanted to be an astronaut (laughs) yeah you would have heard I was going to be when I grew up (laughs) yeah you would have never thought oh one day I'll be a death doula when you're 18 years old you know I mean none of us think we're going to be where we at where we find ourselves later in life but I think when we just surrender to life and allow life to bring uh you know what it what it wants for us, uh, we find our path and, and there's not just one path there's sometimes there's a lot of paths converging onto one path and that's, yes. it's all beautiful and it's very unique and individual per the person. Uh, real quick, you're a generator. What is your profile again? Oh, um, Are you a one, three, I couldn't remember. I think I'm a two, four. If you say you're a two, four, you're a two, four. That's right. That's right. You really are about your people. So she's got this enveloping, very loving aura about her. And, uh, she really takes in the world around her and, uh, with a line four, she's here really to be about her people and to take care of her people, but she needs little moments of, of alone time and downtime. So, um, it's a very beautifully sensitive individual that really cares about, uh, the world and really wants to make a difference. And I think she's found her space. So it's very, very beautiful. So real quick, before we go, you also uh, do tarot at the house of light. Yes. Okay. And, and where, how often are you doing, do you do that once a week or how often are you doing that? And on what it's every Saturday and then every other Thursday, the, those Thursdays are coordinated with um, the death talk groups. So okay. An all day event for me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's a full day. I love, I love those days. That's beautiful. So Reiki and tarot at the house of light in Noonan, uh, every other Thursday death talk is what we've got going on. Any other events coming up that you want to let us know about? Um, not at this point, but, um, I'll be listing those on my website. Okay. Uh, fabulous. So what I'm going to do is I will put all the relevant links below this video or audio. If you happen to be listening on an audio ver- an audio to an audio version of this, uh, you know, Tara, I just want to thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, it's, it's going to touch a lot of people and, uh, I thank you for your service and, um, much gratitude, my friend, keep up the good work. Thank you. And, much uh, my, my pleasure, my pleasure. I absolutely love highlighting people and getting the word out when people are doing uh, work for love, which is what you're doing. I like people to know about it. So thank you for your loving service, Tara. And we will see all of you again soon. Have a fabulous day. Bye now. Thank you. Bye.